Amen. I love him too. We serve a good Savior, don't we? Take your Bibles and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Hebrews 11 is often called the Faith Hall of Fame. It starts out with a definition of faith, and then it goes on and gives example after example after example. We're going to take a look at one person in particular. We're going to take a look at Moses this morning. And the, the title of the message this morning is Faith Makes Hard Decisions. Faith Makes Hard Decisions. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 down through 27. Let's all stand together if you would. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you as we look on God's Word together. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon your word as it goes forth this morning. God, you know the one who's speaking the words. And you know, Lord, uh, my weaknesses, my frailties. Uh, God, I, I pray that you give me the strength I need. I pray that you give me the wisdom I need. I pray, Father, that you would fill me with your spirit that I might preach that which you've laid upon my heart for this morning. We pray that you'd give us ears to hear, all of us. And may the Word of God and the Spirit of God have free reign in this place this morning. God, we pray that as you speak to our hearts, we'll respond to you. And we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Faith makes hard decisions. If you, if you trust God, uh, your faith in God will, will change your life. And the, the greater the faith you have, the more changes that God will make in your life. Uh, real faith does not stay stagnant. Real faith does something. If someone has faith, that faith causes them to act. And you see this over and over again. Uh, over in, uh, in particularly in this chapter, you find in, in verse four it says, "By faith, Abel offered because Abel had faith, he offered a sacrifice." In verse seven it says, "By faith, Noah prepared an ark. Uh, he had never seen rain before. <laughs> I don't think he'd ever seen an ark before. He and there's certainly not one the size that he and his sons built, and yet they believed God. He believed God, and therefore." He did something because of that belief. In verse 8, says, Abraham obeyed. And uh, you find all the way through the life of Abraham that the, the, he did some very, very difficult things. He made some very, very hard choices. But he did that because he believed God. And he had strong faith in his Savior. And then verse 17 it, it says about Abraham, it says, By faith Abraham offered up Isaac. Uh, again, God came to him. 
told him, he says, I want you to offer your son, your only son, Isaac. And so he went about to do that. Now, he offered him to God. God did not take the offering. He stopped him, and he had a ram caught in a thicket, and he, he provided that ram. But, uh, but the, the point is, is that he was willing to make even that difficult of a decision just simply because he believed God. Moses had faith. And Moses' faith caused him to make, make some life-changing decisions, some very, very difficult decisions. You've got to remember who Moses was. He was, he was uh, uh, born of Jewish parents, and at that time, Pharaoh was having all the Jewish boys killed. He was having them murdered. And so his mother put, made, a, made a little ark, put him in the bulrushes, and, uh, and, and uh, to try to protect her son, Pharaoh's daughter came along, found him, took him out of the water, and raised him as her own son. So what you've got there is you've got a Jewish young man who's being raised in Egypt as an Egyptian. And so there came a point in his life where he had to decide, who am I going to identify with? Am I going to identify with Egypt? Or am I going to identify with God's people? And there are, there are four specific things, four times when he had to reject some things. You know, sometimes, oftentimes we think, we think faith means that you accept something. Well, sometimes faith means you reject some things as well. And there were some things in, in the, the life of Moses that because of his upbringing... He had to decide to reject because he believed in God and he believed that God could take care of him. First thing we find is down in verse 24. It says, For by faith uh, Moses, when he was come to years, in other words, when he grew up and he could make his own decisions, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He, he rejected the world's prestige. Uh, he could have grown up to be second in, in, uh, in the kingdom, he could have grown up with much power, uh, with much influence, and yet he chose to reject that. He was raised a prince, and he pitched all of that. He got rid of all of that uh, and turned his back on it so that he might serve and honor God. The, the world's got, got, got a, a, a criteria for, stand, for a standard of honor, and it would... It would encompass different things. Uh, the world's standards for honor are things like family, being of the right stock. And really, uh, though he was of Jewish stock, he was born, in, from the world's standpoint, the right home. Uh, money and possessions, which he had plenty of because he was raised as a, as a son of the daughter of Pharaoh. Uh, education. Uh, education today is looked at as being the, the pinnacle of, of prestige. And if, if you, have, you have a great education, then you are somebody. Uh, and, and there's a difference, a big difference, between the world's viewpoint on things and God's viewpoint on, thing, uh, on things. And, and uh, uh, the, uh, the world also uh, puts up position, uh, job security, uh, position in, in society. Those things are all standards for honor. 
uh, good looks, <laughs> abilities, uh, talent. Uh, all those things are, are considered by the world. And all those things are, are the world's standard for honor. What are God's, some of God's standards for honor? What does God honor? God honors obedience. Uh, later on, when Moses had the children of Israel in the wilderness, and they were getting ready to go into the promised land, they never did because, because they refused to do so uh, when God told them to, but, but uh, he... Uh, Took them, took them into the wilderness, and when he was getting ready to pass on and pass it on to Joshua, God gave him the book of Deuteronomy. And one of the, one of the, the chapters in Deuteronomy is chapter 28, and that chapter deals with you're blessed if you do this, if you obey, and you're cursed if you don't. And so what God's saying is, he said, listen, I'll honor you if you obey me. He says, and I'll curse you. If you don't, obedience is a big deal with God. Servant spirit is something that God honors. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. Uh, Whoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Having a servant's heart. Uh, being, being separated in the Christian life is a, is a thing that God honors. Be not conformed to this world, the Bible says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God doesn't want us to be like this world. And this is a choice that, that Moses had to make. Do I want to stay where I'm at and be a part of the world, or do I want to, to uh, go ahead and, and identify myself with God's people who at the time were oppressed? Uh, another thing that God, God honors is being spirit-filled. The Bible says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It says, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, let the Spirit of God be the one that controls you. God honors that. God honors faithfulness. Uh, over in, in 1 Corinthians, he says, it's required of stewards. We're going to have a, basically a stewardship weekend next week. Uh, it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful. Well, what is a steward? A steward is just simply someone who has been given control over something from someone else. And God has given us talents, abilities, and everything, uh, but, but he expects us to be faithful, and he honors faithful people. Uh, he honors people that witness. The Bible says over in the book of Proverbs, he that winneth souls is wise. And so you find that, that, that God, God honors things differently than the world honors. And, and uh, uh, Moses had to make a choice between identifying himself with God and his people or identifying himself with the world and getting the prestige that the world would give him. He believed that it was more important to be well thought of by God than to be well thought of by people, by others. And, and he knew that God would take care of him. Why? Because he had faith. And so because of that faith he decided to, to identify himself with the people of God and said no to the prestige of the world. Another thing he said no to was he said no to the world's pleasure. Look down at verse 25. It says, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, understand who the nation of Israel was at the time. They were, they were not just in captivity, they were slaves. They were not just being controlled by Egypt. They were slaves of Egypt. 
And so he had this choice, and you talk about a stark choice between the two. He could choose to stay where he was, stay in comfort, stay in pleasure. Uh, he, he could have anything that he wanted, or he could choose to walk into affliction, choose to walk into slavery, choose to uh, be looked down upon by society. And because of his faith, because he believed God, and because he believed God would take care of him, he chose, he chose to turn his back on the world's pleasure and, and accept the affliction of God's people. Um, what, that, what, what he believed is simply this. Suffering in the will of God is better than sin and pleasure outside of the will of God. And he, he believed that and he took that by faith. Understand this too about Moses. Moses didn't have what we have today. He didn't have 66 books of the Bible. Uh, he was used of God to write portions of Scripture. And it was all given by inspiration of God. And, and God, God got his message to him personally and spoke to him, the Bible says, face to face. But he didn't, he didn't have, you know, he couldn't just open up a book like you and I can and get encouragement on a day-by-day basis. But yet when given the choice between whether or not to choose pleasure or to, and, and pleasure in sin or to choose affliction with the people of God, he chose the affliction. If you, you know, it boils down to this. If you want to have strong faith, you can't do everything you want to do. You can't, you can't do everything that you like to do. Uh, what we need to be willing to do is everything that would please God and that God would want us to do. And he chose, he chose difficulty with God's people over sin's pleasures. You know, I, I was reminded this week of a, of a couple of, well, they're not real contemporaries, but they're, they're more contemporaries than Moses was, uh, a fellow by the name of William Borden. Now, you might not know the name William Borden, but you do know the name Borden. Did you ever see a picture of Elsie the cow on a, on a carton of milk? Well, that was the Borden family, and he was part of that family. And uh, he was, was promised uh, all, the, all the riches and all the prestige of that family. He trusted Christ as his Savior and believed that God was calling him to, to China to be a missionary. And so he, he literally turned his back on, on all of that, on all of that fame and fortune. And his, his, his relatives were, were begging him not to go. And, but he went. And what he did was he first went in, on, on route to China. He went first to Egypt and did some studying there of languages. And while he was in Egypt, he died. He died. He was in his 20s. He was young. You look at that and you say, that was a wasted life. Listen, William Borden would not say that that was a wasted life. He did exactly what he believed God would have him to do. He paid the price for it. But as a result of that, many others were challenged to go to China because, because he had given his life in his pursuit of the will of God. Another one that that you may have heard of. His name is Jim Elliott. 
And Jim Elliott and Nate Saint were a couple of fellows that were missionaries. They were pilots. They were missionaries to the Aka Indians in Ecuador. And uh, to make a long story short, they flew in there to give them the gospel, and those Indians killed them. They slaughtered them. And all of their wives instantly became widows. You say, wow, what good can, can come of that? Well, the truth of the matter is the, the wives and other men went back into that tribe at a later date and won most of the tribe to Jesus Christ. And many of those men who killed those two men are, began to preach the gospel and became preachers of the Word of God. I mean, you, know, you look at that thing and, and you say, whoa, what a price to pay. Uh, I don't believe that William Borden would say that he paid a huge price. I'm, I don't believe that Jim Elliott or Nate Saint would say that they, they paid a, 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 a huge price. They decided that they would turn their back on what the world had to offer and accept that what, what God had for them. And, and, and Moses believed this. Moses, with all his heart, he says, you know, I know I'm choosing to, to suffer the affliction with God's people, but I believe that God will take care of me regardless. And, and the truth of the matter is God did. God rescued him and all the people of, Egypt, of uh, Israel out of Egypt, took them, took them to the wilderness, and eventually after Moses' death and Joshua took over, all those, uh, the nation of Israel went into the promised land. But the, but the point is this. Sometimes faith says, turn your back on pleasure. Turn your back on those things that you enjoy and instead choose out what God has for you. And sometimes what God has for you is suffering. Sometimes what God has for you is affliction. But again, it's better to be smack dab in the middle of God's will and have difficulty all around you than to be out of the will of God and no, no pressure at all. We are, you know, we're, and I believe this with all my heart. I believe I'm safer in the middle, middle of God's will. You know, you look at Pastor Jared and his family, and they're getting ready to, to, to shove off, and he's had it in his heart for a long time to pastor a church. In fact, when he came here uh, many years, several years ago, um, you know, he had that in his heart, and you say, man, he's going up, you know, he's got a small group of people, and, it, you know, it's, uh, he, he doesn't have the security that, he, that he's got here, and he's going into the unknown. Yeah, and he's right smack dab in the middle of what God wants him to do. And you know what? You're, you're always better off there than you are with, with the, the false security that you, can, that you can have. You know, the Bible talks about, down there in, in verse uh, uh, 25, says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. Notice it says, for a season. It only lasts for a little while. Now, it, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is there pleasure in sin? The Bible says, yes, there is. The Bible says there is. But there's also a price. There's also a cost. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like this. Uh, Satan comes along with sin and says, says, enjoy now and pay later. And God comes along with affliction and says, suffer now 
and enjoy later. Well, the later that you enjoy because of the affliction is going to far surpass the pleasure of the sin because you're going to, you're going to enjoy it throughout all eternity. And, uh, and, and Moses had to sit and, and look at that thing and look at that decision by and through faith. It is so important that, that our faith is strong so that, and, and our trust in God is strong because decisions are going to come our way. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an, another thing that he, he rejected and turned his back on. Look down at verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of, of the reward. The world's plenty is what he turned his back on. Rich, uh, Egypt was, was rich, but God's riches are better, and the difference is they're eternal. The riches on this earth are going to rust and corrode, but the riches in heaven are forever. Uh, he believed that he would be rewarded for his obedience. In the New Testament, God says this. He says, godliness, godliness with contentment is great gain. And in the context, he's talking about those that have great riches. And basically what God's saying is you're better off not having the riches but having godliness and being content with what you have than to have all those riches because one, one of these days those riches are going to go by the wayside. Uh, he, he believed God would take care of him. He believed that God would reward him. Um, I, I, have, uh, I, I watched, uh, heard a story, uh, and, and saw, it, saw it actually take place. And I, I'm not telling tales on anybody out of school. If he were here, he'd tell you the same thing. Pastor Keck, uh, the man I served with up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, for almost 15 years, after he got saved, he started serving God in a church in Rochester. It was a good church at the time, uh, strong church, Bible-believing, good music, good, good Bible preaching and teaching. And uh, he was growing like a weed. Well, he was working for Eastman Kodak, and Kodak offered him a job. And it would be a raise in salary, and it would, it would uh, uh, be a raise in position and so forth. But it was going to be out in Colorado rather than in Rochester, New York. And at the time, and he was, he was still young in the Lord, and uh, he'll tell you, he's not so sure he made the best decision in the world. Instead of, what he did was, he looked to see uh, if the job was good, and then once he said yes to the job, then he looked for a church. Can I tell you, that is a bad way to make a decision. And I, I have watched and seen people over the years that have gotten job, gotten job offers other places, but because they were in a good church, they said, you know what, uh, we're not going to take that because I don't find a good church that's there, and I'd rather be in a good church with less money. I'd rather be in a good church with less plenty uh, than to uh, have more of that stuff and not be in a church that could, that could take care of our family and, and can lift up Jesus Christ. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, the world's plenty will get you. Um, that's why it's important, I, I believe, to, to uh, give sacrificially to get the gospel out. Uh, that's why tithing is important. 
Uh, the Bible says the tithe is the Lord's, and I don't find anywhere in the Bible where he ever gave it back. Uh, the tithe is the Lord's. You, you know, you hear oftentimes uh, people speak of the book of Malachi and what it says about tithing there in, in Malachi, and they'll say, you know, because it says, it says that if you don't tithe, you're a God robber. And I believe that because the Bible says so. But it doesn't say tithes. It says tithes and offerings. Not only did they rob God of the tithes, but they also got robbed God of the over and above the tithe, the offerings. And uh, those things are important. Giving to missions is important. Uh, all those things. And, and, and you know, I, I've watched this. I've watched this in my own life. I've watched it in the lives of scores of people. When you put God first, he'll make sure you're taken care of. But, you, you know, you, you, you have to do it by faith. You have to believe that you have a God that's big enough to, to care for you during those decisions. Sometimes those decisions are tough decisions. Sometimes those decisions are, are hard decisions to make. But, but if you trust God, it'll make a difference in how you make that decision. The last, the last thing that we find that he turned his back on, look down in verse 27. It says, By, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He, he uh, turned his back on the world's pressure, and that was, that was Pharaoh. And, and, and Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh was mean. Pharaoh was anti-God. Uh, Pharaoh had a huge army. And even when Pharaoh gave him permission to go, and they, they, they started to leave, Pharaoh's heart changed. He mounted up, mounted up his army and took off after Moses and the children of Israel. The children of Israel were afraid. But my Bible says that, that he did not fear the wrath of the king. Moses, I don't believe, was afraid. And, and I believe he was not afraid because he said, look, God led us out here. God did not lead us out here to be slaughtered. They got up against the Red Sea, and the people you know, said, wow, you just brought us out here to slaughter us. And, uh, but Moses believed God. God separated that Red Sea. They went across on dry ground. As soon as they got across, Pharaoh and his army started, started following them. And, of course, as you know the story, the, the, the seas closed back in, and they ended up all drowning and losing their lives. They lost their lives uh, uh, through, that, through that whole situation. Uh, what was going on? God was taking care of them. But, but he decided not to fear the king. Not to fear the king. One of the things that the, the world does, one of the things that the devil does, I, I see this all the time, try, they try to intimidate the socks off you. It's intimidation. And uh, they scare you. Have you, ever, have you ever just listened to... Uh, I, I listen to talk radio uh, quite a bit. And, and uh, there's all kinds of commercials. In fact, I, what, one of the things I've found is a lot of these stations, if you listen to it for an hour you're actually only listening to 30 minutes of the program. The rest of it is ads and news. And it's true. But, uh, but have you ever listened to some of those, those ads? You know what they're doing? They're, they're appealing to your fear. 
whether it be a, a life insurance policy or whatever it might be, some kind of medical breakthrough, they'll say, well, you, you know, you got to use this ointment because otherwise you're going to be in a lot of pain. It's just fear tactics. And the devil uses that in our personal lives. And the world uses that to try to, try to pressure us into, in, into doing what they want us to do rather than what God want, wants us to do. Um, for, for, for Moses, it was a threat of death, and yet he believed God, and he would not let the world pressure him to, to do something that God did not want him to do. Uh, it'll, it'll come in different forms uh, in your life. It'll come in form of a mild, in comparison to what they went through there in, in Egypt, but it'll be mild persecution. Uh, it'll be rejection. I can't tell you the number of times I, I have watched people get saved and their, their family and their friends and sometimes their co-workers just totally reject them. Uh, they get, you know, got the world will use mocking and it'll use the loss of employment. And it'll use family trouble. Uh, all those kind of things, just pressure to, to conform to the world rather than doing what God would have you to do. And, and Moses just simply believed that if he did that which God would have him to do, that God would protect him. And uh, that, was a, that was a huge decision for Moses because it wasn't just him that he made the decision for, but he also made the decision for the entire nation of Israel. But he led them out and God did what he said he would do. He protected them and kept them away from the pressure of the world, kept them away from, from the, the, uh, uh, the wrath of the king, uh, because Moses believed God rather than man. Now, the, the, the bottom line is this. How and why did Moses reject the world's prestige and the pleasure and the plenty and the pressure? What was the thing that caused him to do that? And this is, this is really the end of the message, verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He saw God. He, he saw God's hand in his life. He grabbed a hold of the promises of God and, and, knew, and knew that God would take care of him. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of John. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And look in verses 66 through 69. John 6, verses 66 through 69. John 6, 66 says, From that time many of the disciples went back. And walk no more with him. Now this was, this was after he, he gave them the, the, the discourse on if any man eat my flesh and drink my blood. And, and, and when they heard that, they said, man, these are, these are hard sayings. Of course, he was speaking spiritually. He was not speaking, speaking literally. He was speaking spiritually and figuratively. But it says that they, he lost disciples because of that thing. And, 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 and uh, Jesus, verse 67, then said, Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, 
to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. What did Peter have? He had faith. He said, listen, uh, where are we going to go? The world certainly does not have the answers. You have the answers. And so they made the decision to continue to follow Jesus Christ because they believed in him. Faith is what makes the difference in hard decisions. You know, and, and, and let me just say this to you. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if, you don't, if you're not absolutely positive today that if you were to die today that you go to heaven to be with him, the most, most important decision that you could ever make is not rejecting the world's prestige and pleasure and plenty and pressure, but to instead, by faith, trust and believe on Jesus Christ and him alone as your Savior, realize you're a sinner and on your way to hell. The only way you can go to heaven is by putting all your faith and all your trust in Christ and Christ alone, calling out to him for mercy and asking him to save you. Let's bow our heads for prayer, if you would, every head bowed and every eye closed. Just a moment, we're going to have an invitation, but before we do that, I'd like to just ask you a question. Are you 100% sure because of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, because you can look back to a time when you realized you were a sinner on your way to hell, you cried out to God for mercy, and He gave you eternal life when you did that, and the Bible says you were born again. If you know for sure that, it, that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven because of that fact, I wonder if you'd just raise your hand as a testimony of that fact this morning. Say, Pastor, here's my hand. I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven because I've trusted Him as Savior. All right, thank you. You can put your hands down. Is there anyone here that would be just as honest and, and say, Pastor, I don't know that for sure, but I'm concerned about my soul. And uh, here's my hand. Would you please pray for me? I can't pray you saved, but I can pray for you that God will make it clear to you. Anyone like that here this morning? Say, Pastor, here's my hand. Pray for me. All right, you're here as a, as a believer. You're here as a saved person. Let me ask you a question. How's your faith? Does your, your faith come into play when it comes to the hard decisions? Do you, are you willing to make those decisions to shun the world's pleasure? to shun the world's pressure, to shun the world's prestige, to shun the world's plenty, because you believe your God will take care of you. Father, we pray that you would bless this invitation. Speak to our hearts. Help us to see, Lord, uh, if there be any area in our life where we have shirked from making a decision or possibly even made the wrong decision because... We just really have not believed on you. And uh, Lord, the, the reason why Moses made the decisions he did, they were tough ones, they were hard ones. I mean, from, from the world's standpoint, Lord, he gave up an awful lot. But in reality, he gave up nothing. He gave up everything that would rot and corrode, and uh, he decided to follow his God. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be, have that kind of dedication and have that kind of faith, be able to see him, you, Lord, who is invisible. 
And Father, if there's anyone here this morning who does not know for sure if they die today, they go to heaven. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. They come forward during the invitation, take my hand, say, Pastor, I need to be saved. It would be great to be able to take, take that person and open up the Word of God and to show them how they can have eternal life. I'm thankful it has nothing to do with baptism, church membership, or any of that kind of stuff, but it has everything to do with trusting Christ and you alone as our Savior. Father, please have your will. Please have your way. Speak to hearts, and may we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'll stand.